No, you're not seeing double, and we didn't hurry up and ordain Luke a deacon. So it's a pleasure to welcome today uh, Deacon Tom and Heather Martin, Luke's parents, and I think I saw some of his sisters come in too. So it's nice to have them with us today and uh, welcome them here to Sacred Heart. Uh, Deacon Martin serves over at St. Mark there in Huntersville, and uh, it's great to have him with us today. So diving in this morning, I wanted to share with you, um, especially kind of like in mind that we have a wonderful seminarian with us all year, my, my friend and yours, Father Paul McNulty, shared an article with me a couple weeks ago um, from the Church Life Journal out of the University of Notre Dame by Dr. John Cavadini, and it's called, Who is the Priest We Want? It's kind of a good thing to get, especially a good kind of examination of conscience as a priest. But the way Dr. Cavadini opens this, I think really applies for today, and I'll explain why. But he quotes one of the documents of the Second Vatican Council specifically on priests, and it's called, called Presbyterum Ordinis, and this is what it says. Priests, while being chosen from the midst of humanity and appointed to act on their behalf in what pertains to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins, live with the rest of humanity as with brothers and sisters. The priests of the New Testament are, it is true, by their vocation and ordination, set apart in some way within the people of God. But this is not an order that they should be separated from that people or from any person, but that they should live among people in this world, and as good shepherds, they should know their flock. So that's how he opens up, you know, where it says that they are set apart, but it doesn't sort of mean separation or as though they're, they're just like completely away, right? And he goes on to use the example of a dad being very much the same way, that, right, a dad is set apart from the rest of his family, but it doesn't mean that he is separated from them. He's set apart for them. And that set-apartness is really important. Like a dad can't just be his kid's, you know, buddy and friend, right? He's got to be there to give some discipline and some guidance. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't ever play with his kids. In fact, he ought to play with his kids. But he's playing with them as dad, which quite frankly is an awesome thing, as opposed to dad is just one in the many of the list of friends. Because... If dad is so insistent on, I don't want to be, you know, set apart, I just want to be there for them, I just want to be their buddy, well then, he's robbing his kiddos of something that they need, that set apartness, and yet, he's still there for them. So it's this interesting aspect of being set apart for. Now, why do I go on about this? Well, if you remember last week, we talked about the fact that we're going to do this like four-word examination of conscience for the four weeks of Advent, right? And we're basing it off of my favorite moments in the liturgical year when we sing Silent Night at the end of the Midnight Mass. And I want to base the examination of conscience off of the four verbs in Silent Night at the beginning. Silent, holy, calm, and bright. So this Sunday, I wanted to talk about holy and if you look at the definition of holy, it is set apart. And set apart 
for God, right? For the things of God. I mean, you notice up here on the steps leading up into the sanctuary, it says sanctus, sanctus, sanctus. And that's Latin for holy, holy, holy. This is an area that's set apart. It's not just like everything else, but it's set apart for a purpose. It's still accessible, but it's unique, and it does its function. And just like Dr. Cavadini here is talking about priests, talking about dads, we're all called to holiness, to be set apart for. Now, I would say, as you look at what it means to be holy, I think sometimes it gets kind of a bad connotation. Like, some people are like, oh, you're just holier than thou. Well, no. But, like, you think about, you know, holiness, it's not just for priests and monks and sisters and nuns. We have, you know, the Second Vatican Council really drilled home on it. It's a perpetual teaching of the church. We have the universal call to holiness. Everybody is called to be holy. All of us are different. Why? By our baptism. We have been baptized into the body of Christ. I mean, and, and you see it in the right. You know, for example, at the end, I say, you know, Matthias, who I baptized yesterday, you are now called the child of God, for so indeed you are. He's now become a temple of the Holy Spirit. He's different than he was before he got baptized. He now bears within him the Holy Spirit, which is an incredible thing. By our baptism, we're different from everybody else. And yet, it's not a gift that separates us from everyone, as though we're not in the world anymore. It's this awesome aspect of holiness that we are set apart for, right? That's what Dr. Cavadini is talking about, and in so many ways, as we look at the readings for today, that's what God wants for us. When you look at this second reading from St. Peter, I mean, he's talking about the end times, right? And the heavens being, you know, uh, passing away with a mighty roar, and the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out, which is an interesting thing, right? In the end, we're going to know everything. And he asks that question, so what sort of persons ought we to be? Conduct yourselves in holiness and devotion. When you see it in the gospel. It's not as though God is like, okay, everybody just get out of there. No, we're in the midst of the world. And yes, John the Baptist is out there in the desert, you know, proclaiming this baptism for repentance. And everybody from the Judean countryside and all of Jerusalem go out to him. But it's not as though they set up camp and just stay there in the desert. They go back. And we do that even more. We're called to be holy, which means set apart for. Another thing in the baptismal rite that I like to point out is, yes, we all know that when we have baptism, it washes away original sin, which is huge. It's super important. But it doesn't end there. We always light the Easter candle. Why? You have the light of Christ that can't be overcome by the darkness. And the child gets that candle that represents the light of Christ now burning in their hearts. They're not just cleaned up and, okay, that's the end. You're, you're good now. It's like, no. You now have the Holy Spirit. And notice John the Baptist points to this. You know, one mightier than I is coming after me. I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. By our baptism and then sealed in our confirmation. I mean, we are bearing amazing things, my friends. We have been set apart. But that doesn't mean we just sit up here on Lumen Christi Lane and don't do anything, right? We are set apart for set apart for the lighting of the world on fire, of trying to make everyone holy, inviting them into the gift that we've been given. 
new life in Christ that ultimately leads to what the prophet Isaiah is pointing to, comfort. Give comfort to my people. And the thing is, yes, it makes us different, right? And just like a dad has to be different. He has to live that role, but it doesn't mean that he's separated from his family. And that's ultimately what holiness is all about, and every one of us is called to it. And just like last week in the examination of conscience where I said, okay, spend a little bit of time each day in silence, you know, just listening to our Lord, talking to him from your heart. This week, as we move on to this next word of holy, here's my recommendation for each day of the second week of Advent, okay? Pray two decades of the rosary every day and pray the first two joyful mysteries. And why do I say that? Okay, the first two joyful mysteries are the Annunciation and the Visitation. The Annunciation, as we just heard in the Gospel for the Immaculate Conception, and we'll hear it again at uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe tomorrow, in Espanol, this is so muy bueno. But, you know, please, feel free to come out and listen to that. It's going to be glorious. So Mary is set apart, right? She is, she is full of grace. She has found favor with God. She has been created in his image and likeness. She has been kept free from original sin. Our Lord from heaven, you know, God, or the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin named Mary, right? God sees us, knows us, just like he did our blessed mother, right? We are created in his image and likeness. You are not some just sort of like random number in the mass that is humanity. God doesn't merely love humanity. He loves you individually. You are set apart as his beloved child. And to ask him for the grace with the help of our blessed mother to recognize that set apartness. We are not in some just like boring moving through the you know, factory line of life. No, we are created to be on fire with that love. He's brought us into existence and we are set apart in that love. But it doesn't end there. We're set apart for, to live it out to the fullest. And that's where the second mystery comes in, the visitation. And I love the visitation so much because you get the earth-shattering moment that we pray about three times a day in the Angelus, right? In the fact that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Mary is now the mother of God. She bears Jesus Christ within her. And what does she do? She doesn't sit back and say, bring me a drink. I'm sitting back. I'm the queen of heaven and earth. No, she sets out in haste to serve her cousin Elizabeth because she just found out that she was barren is now, you know, six months along with John the Baptist. She's ready to go. She is set apart for. And my friends in Christ, so are we. We have been set apart. We are called to holiness. And the great thing about that is it makes all of life an adventure of knowing that we've been brought into all of this because he loves us. He is loving us into existence, and we each have a part to play. Not necessarily as a priest or as a religious, but our Lord sends us out into the world. We are called to be holy, but it's not just for our own sake. Just like Mary, she's perfectly holy, but she's not just sitting back resting on her laurels. She's doing all that she can to help bring us into the love of her Son. So this week, spend some time each day praying those two decades of the rosary, asking our Blessed Mother to help you to be rooted more and more in the fact that you are set apart. You are made for holiness. It's a beautiful thing, and at the foundation of all reality, it just helps us to know that we have that comfort of knowing that we're called to that holiness. But remember, it's holiness for. We are set apart 
for. To live out that vocation that God has given us. To use that holiness that he has bestowed upon us in our creation by our baptism. Ask him for the grace to know what that is more and more. Where are you calling me today, Lord, to live out that holiness to the fullest? And then to ask our Blessed Mother's help to go in haste to do what you were set apart for. Praise be Jesus Christ.